2: Join more of the things you love with TCL.
0: Hockey, yeah, yeah, my favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show, and indeed it is Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome in, as usual, Zolagad Declan, Goff, producing, co-hosting as he does, and uh, joining us for today's episode, Jess Myers, our friend who covers the Go for Hockey team for uh, the Rink Live. Um, we don't know when the Wilds going to start. We don't know when the National Hockey League is going to start. For all we know, they are not going to start for months. But Gopher Hockey did start. And, Jess, I'm going to start you off with this one. Um, the the uh, Gopher sweep Penn State, and then they sweep uh, the Buckeyes. Am I wrong to, just from the eyeball test of four games, to tell you that this looks to me like it might be the best Gopher Hockey team in quite some time?
2: I would say this one goes back at least five years. We haven't seen a team this deep and this experienced. Uh, And having the the solid goaltending that they're getting right away from Jack LaFontaine is something that we didn't see a year ago. I mean, we kind of knew what we were getting in Jack LaFontaine. He had been cast off from Michigan. He had transferred here. Um, You know, we kind of knew what to expect. He didn't have a great start last year. And there was a lot of rotating early in the season between him and Jared Moe. Uh, the, uh, the who was a freshman last year. Um, but this year, LaFontaine has started out rock solid. And it's funny, I, I kind of got into it kind of in a friendly way with Bob Motzko this week, because last year Jared Moe played a couple of games, one at Michigan, one at Michigan State, played very well, got his first shutout of the season or first shutout of his career at Michigan State last year. So I said, if there's ever a time that Motzko is going to mix in Jared Moe as well as LaFontaine had played, you would think it would be these games coming up at Michigan State, Michigan, and Matsko kind of off the record said to me, "Hey, Lafontaine's got like a ninety-six saves percentage right now. How am I gonna? How am I gonna put him on the bench now? I, you know, I can't do it. It's like, you know, I get it. That's why you you get the big bucks. That's why they pay you a lot to be a coach to make those tough decisions."
1: Jess, I mean, I remember Lafontaine his freshman year when Cluse and those guys were still here, like four years ago. And obviously, he had, he had to sit out because of the transfer. But my God, that I mean, that that actually Gopher team was probably the last truly good team. They were a number one seed and got bounced uh, in the first round of the playoffs. But it's kind of hilarious coming full circle because I remember Lafontaine in Michigan as a freshman with still those guys like Cluse, which seems like eons ago. And who would have thought, literally five years later, he here he is uh, being the backstop for the Gophers and turning things around. You know, go
2: back to 2014 when they lost the national championship game to Union in Philadelphia. Judd and I were there, you know, came back on a a very, very quiet charter that night uh, after the game. But, you know, the big talk then was that the Gophers are playing with guys that are 18 and 19 years old, and Union had all these guys that were 23, 24, that had played a couple years of juniors, that had started college later. Um, It was supposedly an unfair advantage for Union. Well, you know, that's just the face of college hockey. That's the way it works sometimes. Well, look at the Gophers now. I mean, you know, I wrote about Noah Weber this week, a kid who hasn't seen the ice yet because he's had just a hellish array of injuries. He's 22 already and hasn't played a game. Uh, You've got Ben Myers, who came in, I think, as a 21-year-old freshman. Ben Myers is actually older as a sophomore than Brandon McManus, who's a senior. So the Gophers are playing this game a little bit more now, and you're seeing these guys that have been around forever. Add to that the fact that a lot of these guys committed to the Gophers, you know, under the old rules when they were in about seventh grade. You know, think about Chaz Lucius. He's a guy who's probably going to play for the Gophers next year. He signed his national letter of intent. He committed when he was like 14 years old. So we've literally been hearing about him for close to a decade now as as a potential gopher. So that's just kind of the way it is, you know. It, it, we used to joke in basketball that hey, hey, is that guy still there? You know, how many years of eligibility does he have? That's kind of just the way it's becoming in college hockey now.
0: They're old men. Um, <laughs> so, just. Bob's in his third year, correct? Motsko is? Correct. This is his third season. So I remember sitting by you in the Mariucci Press Box two years ago, so his first year, and we we were talking about what he had to do, basically, um, getting a... Program turned around is probably too strong. But to get the program, I think it's fair to say on the track that he wanted it. And I remember one of the things that you brought up immediately was the blue line and the defense and the fact that there were certainly at that point in time, there were some players, but they probably didn't have uh, the type of blue line, the depth that Matsko was going to want or need. It seems like that has definitely turned a corner. And it really seems like if there is a potential strength here, uh, and youth as well. That it's back there. This defensive core, to me, seems to be, if not ideal, something probably very close to what Motsko would consider to be his perfect defensive core.
2: When you talk to Bob Motsko after a loss, and granted, I haven't done it, you know, since uh, early March last year because they they didn't play for a long time, and then they're they're four zero this season. But if you talk to Bob Motsko after a loss. One thing he tends to point out more than just about anything as faults for a loss or the reasons a team lost is turnovers. Turnovers stick in his head like nobody's business. And, you know, even even in games they've won – when there's been a bad turnover, he'll bring it up and say, you know, we turned the puck over three times in our own zone on that play. These are the kinds of things that really stick out at him. Now anybody can make a turnover, but it you know, it falls on the defense more often than not that you're, you're that last linebacker you're there. You're keeping the puck away from your own goalie. And that drove him, frankly, nuts, uh, especially his first season, because he had you know, a defensive core that wasn't, frankly, as good as the one that he was used to at St. Claude State. Keep in mind, he left a really, really good St. Claude State team that was a number one seed his last year there and was a number one seed the first year after he was gone uh, in, in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, it, history being history, the Huskies got upset both of those years, and, you know, tough tough moment for that program because it really seemed like an opportunity. But in, in any case... He really likes what he has back on defense. Now um, you look at uh, you know all the young guys they had to play last year and tons of turnovers in the first half of the season last year, and you saw those guys kind of grow into the defensemen that you knew they could be. I'm thinking specifically of Ryan Johnson and Jackson Lacombe, two guys who were you know in the in the '30s in the NHL draft. You know one of them was a late first rounder, and the other one was a early second rounder. So guys that obviously the scouts at least think have an NHL future. You add to that this year with Brock Faber, who's a freshman out of Maple Grove. He's played for USA Hockey the last two years. And uh, Kester, uh, you know, who is from Chaska. uh, Mike Kester, excuse me, I was blanking on his first name, uh, who has turned out to be one of those guys that's just a great puck handler back on the blue line. So really solid defensive core. Now here's where it gets really interesting. USA Hockey called on Monday, and they said, oh, yeah, those great defensemen, you (laughs) know We're going to take three of them away for about the next month. Uh, and have them come play for Team USA in the World Juniors, most likely. I mean, they took uh, they took Brock Faber, they took Ryan Johnson, and they took Jackson Lacombe. So the Gophers will have those three against Michigan State Thursday and Friday. They will not have them against Michigan early next week. Uh, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. Michigan is losing six players to the World Juniors, five of them to Team USA, and Owen Power, their hot rookie defenseman, is going to Team Canada. So, it's going to be a weird series among what I think are the top two teams in the Big Ten with a lot of key pieces missing, especially on the blue line.
1: Jess, I, I won't bring up the uh, St. Claude State memories. You, you almost triggered some bad bad, uh, bad times up there. But uh, I, I did notice when you were talking about Matsko buzzwords and you guys are talking about the defense, another one that literally came to mind when I used to talk to him too, something that Bob absolutely loves, and if it's working, he's going to always bring it up, and if it's not, he's going to bring it up to faceoffs. The guy oh, loves absolutely. to bring up... The face-off circle, and it's almost comical how much he literally puts so much stock in it. Myers is damn good, too.
2: Here, yeah, that, I was just going to say, yep. keep an eye on Ben Myers when he's in the face-off circle, because not only is the guy built like a fire hydrant, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, the, the great line we got in the off season is, you know, these guys couldn't really go anywhere. They couldn't really do much as far as workouts, so it was kind of them, you know, on their own, lifting weights in their rooms or, you know, at the rink when they could. Jack LaFontaine, who's just uh, the king of the quotes, he said, you know, number one, they have what's called the hockey house. There's always one house near campus that has like eight hockey players living in it. Well, this is a house that's been passed down from, from year to year to year, and there's eight guys living there this year. He said they put all of their weight stuff out in the front yard, like it was Malibu Beach or something, like there Muscle Beach, you know, in Southern California, and they would just be out front, outside every day, lifting weights. And then he said Ben Myers didn't really participate in that. He just was in his room all summer doing pull-ups and sit-ups and push-ups and, you know, all of those exercises that we learned <laughs> when we were a kid. And LaFontaine's line was, the guy looks like a silverback gorilla right now. So, you know, he's a guy that I, I, I still say, if you come across the middle with your head down and, and conditions are just right, he's going to light somebody up pretty well. Uh, you know, he's fun to watch. But, yeah, in the face-off circle, he's fantastic. And that's such a huge thing. I remember early last season – they lost a game to Notre Dame, where you know the face offs were incredibly lopsided where Notre Dame was starting every face off with the puck, and that just kills you, especially when you 're behind and, and trying to get some puck possession and rally and create some offense when every time the puck is dropped you 're chasing that 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 really hurts the team
0: so just back to puck control too uh and the lack of miscues and i don 't know if this statistic is kept officially it 's probably not. But and, and I tweeted about this, and I think that you responded after my tweet with a, uh, a tweet about face-offs. But it looked to me like in the four games so far, the Gophers just puck possession, period. So just like puck possession time yeah. uh, is really impressive. And And you know what's nice, too? And I know it's not ideal in 2020, but you know what's nice to see, too? This looks like the first go for hockey team in a long time that can use the Olympic ice to its advantage because it's fast enough and skilled, and so it just looked to me. And this might change against um, um, potentially better competition, but the puck possession by Matsko's squad so far looks fairly dominant.
2: Keep in mind, and I and I always go back to this: 1950s. There wasn't much left of the Soviet Union after World War II. And a guy named Anatoly Tarasov, who had never played hockey, got handed a manual and and the Russian Sports Federation said, here create a hockey program for the Soviet Union. And it's got to be the best in the world. And within five years, it was the best in the world. Here's the basic secret that Anatoly Tarasov figured out about hockey. If you have the puck, the other team can't score. You know, so it seemed like such a basic thing, but nobody had ever thought of that. Just like, don't ever give up the puck don't shoot it unless you can just pop it into the net. He didn't like dump and chase. Yeah. Dump you know that that was the Canadian style. The dump and chase <laughs> and it still is for goodness sake. Yep. You know, and and we've seen other advances in hockey uh since then, you know, the neutral zone trap being a very obvious one that you know we're still trying to overcome because that seemed to set the game back uh, pretty seriously. But yes, uh, talking about this year's Gophers, they win faceoffs and they hang on to the puck and they're, they're out-shooting teams by uh, a pretty wide margin. With the exception of Penn State, because it seems like at least one game, Penn State will outshoot anybody because they shoot the puck first, last, and always. It's just this year they don't have the horses to to do it like they did last year when they won the Big Ten. Yeah,
0: Penn State's not good. Penn State did, did not look good.
2: Yeah, and and you know it's, what's weird, and this is just Big Ten hockey apparently, but you know you, you say anybody can beat anybody, but Michigan looked really good to start the season, yep. and then for some reason they get swept by Notre Dame. In Ann Arbor, in a two-game series, and you know Notre Dame made a goalie change, and you know they're they're playing better. But you know, let's be honest, Notre Dame plays some boring hockey. I mean, that's just this is the knock on Jeff Jackson's team is they play incredible defense and. And, you know, that's it. He wants to win every game one and, nothing, and, you know, he, he wins a lot of them one nothing. But, uh, you know, Wisconsin's had a setback. They've had four players out with COVID. They get swept by Arizona State last weekend, which I don't think anybody saw coming because Wisconsin's got a ton of talent, but they just haven't put things together yet. And this Michigan State team that the Gophers going to see, who knows? I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know what they're going to put on the ice on, on any given night, All I, although I know they have good goaltending, so that should be fun to watch.
1: Uh, Jess, a player who's really impressive in, in the, these first few games has been uh, Scott Reedy. I mean, th- th- this guy has already has three goals, and I, he's already, I know he's a senior this year, and I remember when he was a freshman, and it seems like he's uh, definitely coming into his own here in, in his senior year with the Gophers.
2: Interesting case in Scott Reedy, because all the guy who does is score goals. You know, he's, he doesn't, uh, he's not a real vocal guy. You know, he's, he's never had a letter on his sweater, anything like that, but quietly i say led the team in goals with 15 last year he's leading the team in goals now with uh, with 3 uh, in their first four games almost had another one but it was called back to the high stick so so he you know he kind of joked that every goal he scores this year is going to be reviewed cuz he's that guy that winds up sitting there waiting for the refs to to go over the the video but interesting case he's from prior lake he's one of the rare twin cities kids and minnesota kids who winds up winds up with the Gophers having never played any high school hockey he came through you know, kind of the A route and Shattuck and, and all of those places. And, you know, never donned a high school hockey sweater. Really? But, uh, again, kind of the changing face of hockey in, in 2020. And, and, you know, we're seeing a lot more of that, obviously.
0: So he, he's been good. A lot of guys have been good. I have a question about one player who I think is incredibly talented. And when I notice him, he's fantastic. And my question to you is, why don't I see him more? And can that, I
2: guess? Can I guess? Of course you can, because you'll get it. Is, is he European?
0: Yes. Keep going. <laughs> T- why is Sampo Ranta? Why? I mean, my God, Jess, when he makes moves and plays with the puck, you literally are like, that is a professional, that is a National Hockey League skilled player. Uh, and then I will go two and a half periods and barely hear the kid's name, and I don't understand it. Well, let's, let's just put a little bit of gopher hockey history out there. Okay. I can remember another really, really good
2: European player who would disappear for times, and he wound up making about $100 million in the NHL. I'm, I'm talking about Thomas Vanek. Oh,
0: who, I know. You know. Who, yeah, I know what you're talking <laughs> about. You're torturing <laughs> me.
2: You know, so, you know, and it, it's not fair to make that comparison because, you know, one of them's Finnish, one of them's Austrian. Right. You know, it's, it's not like all European players are like that. I will absolutely agree with you. Um Ranta at times make, makes plays where you go, holy crap, how did this guy not sign in the NHL already? And, of course, that was a big uh, question mark in the offseason. I I spoke to him in March right away when he got back to Finland after the pandemic shut everything down, and he made the tough decision. He probably could have signed with Colorado in the offseason. They're very high on him, and and rightfully so, because I think he's going to be an excellent pro player. But here's the best thing the Gophers have going for them right now. Number one, Colorado is really good. Number two, Tampa is really good. So neither of them was in a rush to sign Sampo Ranto or Sammy Walker, respectively. Um, and that's why those two guys are back in a Gopher uniform this year more than anything. If they had been property of a, of a team with holes to fill, I think you probably would have lost both of them in the offseason. That's another little note about this Gophers team. This is the first year and I think more than a decade that neither Minnesota nor Michigan lost a player early in the offseason. The pandemic probably has something to do with that. But uh, wow. you're seeing the result of that in getting guys back for their junior year.
1: Jess, so obviously the first half, first half air quotes, uh, wraps up at the end of next week with them playing Michigan and Michigan State. And I know Bob teased the media, was it was it this week or last week, that I've been told you're probably going to see it soon, but I've been told that for three weeks now. Is, is, there, an, <laughs> is there an expectation when the second half of the schedule comes out?
2: There is an expectation. There is a big <laughs> expectation. Whether there's any facts behind that, we don't know. And here's the issue. You know, Bob Mosco said it. Coaches are planners. Coaches are guys who want to know, you know, a year in advance, two years in advance, who their non-conference schedule has, you know, where they're going to be staying on the road. Yep. Bob Mosko is that kind of guy. They're going nuts, frankly. And, you know, uh, these guys are not sh- ashamed about saying, you know, Big Ten hockey's got some issues here. You know, this is the... This is the problem that some envisioned 10 years ago when, when we knew that Big Ten hockey was going to happen. There was all this talk that the Big Ten was going to be the first multi-sport conference to sponsor hockey, and they're still the only multi-sport conference to sponsor hockey. Here's the problem. If you're in the WCHA or if you're in Hockey East or if you're in the NCHC, you're the only dog at the bowl fighting for food. You know, you're, Hockey is the only only focus there. In Big Ten hockey, if you're hockey... You're sitting behind football and basketball in the level of importance. Let's be honest. So, you know, hockey gets shuffled to the back a little bit, and I think you're kind of seeing that frustration with the fact that the Gophers got their first four games, and who knows beyond that? And, and as Moscow said, you know, we want to know if players are going to be able to go home for Christmas, if, if we can arrange that. We want to know what the second half looks like. They've got 20 more games to play uh, in the second half sometimes. They would kind of like to get a handle on what that looks like And I know there's frustration growing, not only among Moscow, but among a bunch
0: of other coaches that they haven't seen that they can. Do not send kids home for Christmas during a pandemic. That is a (laughs) tear. Seriously, freeze them in place if you want to be. Because look, this is dicey, it's difficult, and I understand that 2020 into. Uh, tw- 21, Jess Myers is going to stink, but I'm serious. I would not let kids leave because if you let kids leave, they are kids. You will have this. This uh, will run through teams if they leave and come back.
2: By the way, we've we've figured out the new code words in college hockey. Uh, Brandon McManus, for example, the leading scorer on the team, is injured right now. He's not going to play against Michigan State. Okay. So So he's injured. He's out of the lineup. Well, Robbie Stucker, who hasn't played yet, is going to be back this weekend. We didn't know he was missing. We just thought he was a healthy scratch. Well, we found out he was, quote, unavailable the last four games. That's COVID. Yeah. I would think that's COVID. You know, in in, the, in a pandemic, I would think that's what unavailable means. But, you know, again, we're dealing with these kind of sneaky ways to say that, you know, a guy is out of the lineup. I don't think it was because of academics. I don't think it was because of discipline. If he's unavailable, I think that probably means he has COVID. Now, here's my rant I'm going to go on just briefly. <laughs> If yeah, if a guy cool. has the if a guy has the flu and is out of the lineup, there's no qualms about saying, "Hey, he has the flu, he can't play." Yep. Why are there qualms about saying he has COVID, he can't play? Why why is this suddenly a secret?
0: I have no idea. I have no yeah. clue. I yeah. have no clue, but I can tell you right now if you said a bunch of college kids basically say scatter and come back, you are asking for tr- you are asking not to play um a portion if not the entire second half of your schedule. I would, I would urge every school to say, if you're an athlete and we are playing a season, we will celebrate Christmas as a team in our little (laughs) bubble and that's it. And look, look, the, NCHC Jess might be the smartest out out there by going to what their Nebraska bubble. That actually might be the smart play because college sports, I mean, it's just so difficult to control environments and to control young uh, men and women. I just, I really think that you're asking for trouble if you allow them to scatter.
2: By the way, speaking of the bubble, I got to congratulate Declan and his Huskies.
1: I don't know if you guys saw what happened. Oh, yeah. uh,
2: in, Tell in, me. in game, in game one for the Huskies, you know,
1: most hockey thing ever,
2: 30 seconds left in the game. Oh, I did. Yeah. Bounces high in the air. Yeah. Western Michigan defenseman goes to swat it out of the air and swats it into his own net. And, uh, it, you know, it, Perbix gets credit for the goal. I texted Jack Purbix, his brother who plays for the Gophers. I said, ask your brother if that horseshoe that he's got stuck way up there tapes a lot. Or, you know, <laughs> what, what a way for the Huskies to start the season.
0: So but I mean, they're they're smart. I I actually like that because if you go if you go like they they did into a bubble, um, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think it gives you a chance. Now, what's your prediction? Do you think that we actually get to frozen four time? Do you think that this thing might get stopped for a while? What's your prediction about how it's going to shake out? And do you think that the most important thing here is that you just basically get a collection of enough teams that get fortunate and avoid COVID to complete things?
2: I think, number one, you're going to have teams play it smart. You're going to have that one team out there that's lucky and they get a full season in. You know, And, and I'm not going to say it's just going to be one. You know? teams, teams are being very careful. They're being very cautious. Stuff is still happening that just shows you – kind of the nature of this virus, that it's everywhere and you can't control everything as much as you'd like to. But I think we're going to have some form of NCAA playoffs. You know, they've talked about doing it all in one site. Um, There's no accident the fact that Omaha is hosting all this stuff and Omaha is making a big push saying, hey, if you do the NCAA tournament at one site over like a two-week period, we'd love to have it here. Nice centrally located spot in the middle of the country, all that. So I think we will see something like that. I'm also an optimist, too, that I I think a virus, uh, a vaccine is going to come quicker than some people expect. And I think people are going to start getting inoculated against this. And it'll be a little safer as we get deeper into 2021.
0: Last thing, prediction. Do we get a National Hockey League season? And if your answer is yes, how many regular season games do you think we get? I
2: think we get a National Hockey League season. I would put the regular season game somewhere in the 50s. You're obviously not going to see an 82-game season. And it will be a close to normal NHL season in this sense. Minnesota is not going to be involved in the Winter Classic this year. So, you know, (laughs) things things are going to be back to normal in in some way. You know, Minnesota got snubbed. Somehow, once in. they actually got awarded the game and still won't be. Playing.
0: They'll get. They'll get one event. You know what? I just like the fact that they're going to have in about two years. They're going to have about twenty-five jerseys. Jess, that's what I like. <laughs> the Wild's are going to have a jersey that's going to be different—a combination for every single damn game. At the rate we're going,
2: oh goodness!
0: Why, why don't they just
2: buy the name back from Dallas and just okay. call them the North Stars again? I mean, just stop playing around. You know, it's, it's twenty years in. People have never warmed up to the name Wild. You know, they they kind of like the colors, but let's face it, they like green and gold better because I, I, I joke about this, but I said if the North Stars would have sold this much merchandise in about 1992, they'd still be here because I see so much North Star stuff now, and it wasn't cool back in 92 because we had a new NBA team and everybody had, you know, their Timberwolves starter jackets. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> let's, let's just go back to what it was. Give give Dallas a different name. My, and, you know.
0: my favorite thing, Jess, about your, your tweet on that was – how the youngsters called you out as if you weren't there when it happened. That was yeah. my absolute oh, favorite yeah. thing. You you had, like, uh, the 25-year-old guys were all being <laughs> like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, I'm pretty sure Jess was there and you weren't, so he actually does know. And the thing that people can't get is in 1990-ish, right, Everybody did not have a jersey. Like, that's the one starting point that people don't get. Like, North Star, they sold jerseys, and people did buy them. But now, if you go to a wild game, of course, it's nothing but jerseys. In 1992 or so, that was not the case. And so well, I don't think people appreciate the fact that the culture of, like, who buys what and the gear is very different than it was 30 years ago.
2: Well, I saw a tweet, by the way, uh, Kapri- uh Kaprizov, or Kaprizov, and, and I'm going to take forever to pronounce that the right way. But uh, <laughs> you said it right. he's in North America now. He, he arrived at JFK. Uh, he's got
1: nowhere to go. So. He's got nowhere uh, to play. That's my yeah, favorite so thing. If he's in New does he? Have, does he have to quarantine in New York for two weeks and then he, he can go? Pro- yeah, probably. He probably does
2: have to quarantine in oh New York. I mean, yeah, but- I mean who, you know, it, it changes by state and, and by week, obviously.
1: Hey, hey the, the, Well, I heard Vanek sent out the – is Vanek – is he in Minnesota? Is Vanek living in Vanek, Minnesota?
2: Vanek is in Minnesota. You actually see Vanek. At 3M at Mariucci, a fair amount. He's a a Gopher fan. He likes to come to games with
1: his family. We'll have to get his buddy Judd on the show. No, we're not not talking
2: to Thomas
0: Vanek. We're not talking to Vanek. I'm sorry about that. But here's my favorite thing, too. Last thing. So my guy, Bettman, I give him credit, right? Like, the bubble worked incredibly well. You've got to give them credit. They did a great job. Um, they, they reach, they reach an extension of the CBA in July, Jess Myers. And I'm like, this is impressive, Gary. You're doing, you're doing un-Gary like things. I love the fact now that before the before they were going to start up again this winter, that Gary went back to the players and was like, you know that CBA extension we did? I need more kickbacks. <laughs> the players are like, bleep you, Gary. And so now we have essentially, I, I mean, it's not being called this yet, but we really have what amounts to a lockout going on right now. And, of course, it's the most NHL thing after I credit them that it gets screwed up.
2: Oh, goodness. Yeah, the players, you know, the players have said, "Well, we're not going to play until this comes in," and and then these labor people jump in and say, "Well, technically, that's a wildcat strike." Then, if they just decide to not show up for work, it's like, "Oh man, yeah, we had labor peace for about twenty minutes." It was yeah.
0: It's a lockout. <laughs> it's a lockout, though, because they're trying to redo a CBA that they did. So this is this is on this is on the, the hand. My guess is this. It's a handful or a little bit more of people who own teams who said, if we can't have fan- butts and seats, it's not worth starting. So don't right. start. And that's where they essentially said, unless we can get the players to be dupes here and give us a ton back, and the players are like, we're not going to do it anyway. Typical you've got, you've NHL. You've got
2: optimists. No, you've got optimists out there, like me, who say the the vaccine is going to come quicker than people expect. Mm-hmm. You know, And and so you've got owners, I'm sure, and Gary Batman ear saying, well, we could be fully vaccinated by January 15th and we could have fans again. So let's just wait, you know. Yeah, you
0: might be right. You might be right. Thank you, Jess. Talk to you later. Thanks, Jess. Always good to talk to you guys. Bye-bye. And, of course, check out uh, Jess Meyer's work. He covers the Gophers, does an outstanding job, uh, and a knowledgeable hockey guy about all things um, for rink live where you can find his work and hold on a second here i've got his uh his t- a twitter account if you want to follow him is at jess r myers mm-hmm. and then um you can also follow uh his site it's at the rink live and forum news but on twitter at the rink live on twitter check him out but uh yeah, I, I'm just. I mean, I love I how we praised the NHL up and down, and they deserved it. They deserved it, Dex. We praised them up and down for all the great work, and it was. Un, you they know, did. They deserved. They, praise. they did. They did, and it was so unbetman like. And they do the extension of the CBA, and so I'm like, holy cow, you got layer. You know, baseball bungled the whole thing, right, yeah. and then you've got labor piece now. And at the first sign of trouble, he's like, hey, "Yeah, we need more back from the players."
1: I, I mean, both of <laughs> both you and I were in shock and awe yes. on how they were handling this this summer. I thought, "Are you kidding?" I mean, we can admit that we love hockey and we know their place in, in the ranking of North American sports interest. We we are totally accepting of that. Yes, and I and I and I. Look down honestly on the hockey fans who don't accept that reality. Like accept who you are. Self awareness, my friends. Yeah. Well, Self-awareness always, in all aspects of life, but especially the NHL.
0: Always be hardest on the things that you like the most. Right. Like like if if you are a hockey fan, you should be incredibly hard on hockey. Not like, oh, bitch, my sport, it's great. Yeah. It's got it's beyond flawed. It doesn't make it not a great sport. I, I can't say that. But we did. We rightfully so. We're like, Gary Batman, this is on, un- I mean, how many shows that we did, did we talk about, or at least reserve a small portion to be like, this is really incredible. And and
1: it's, and it's so (laughs) unfortunate that literally all that, all that good stuff is being wasted because now we're back to literally, they literally just reverse everything they did.
0: Now, let me tell you this. The one thing that if they do, so if Jess is right, Mm -hmm. so so let's say that we, he's probably too optimistic vaccine wise, but you know, it's coming. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, But let's, let's say we do get because they're not starting in January now. Yep, that ain't happening. But let's say we do get, I I would be extremely happy if they lucked themselves in to, let's say, 44 to 50 regular season games. Okay. Because that makes opening night fun. Because then there's a race, you know, the problem in hockey and basketball, essentially, is this. Opening night's fun, and then it's like, W- right. Wake me up at Thanksgiving, yeah,
1: right. Like Christmas and that's or it. Christmas, right. right, 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 right. exactly,
0: right. So if they can get themselves to a place where where they can get fat, butts back in suites and seats, mm-hmm. um, and we can get forty four to fifty games and then a complete playoff, I'm all in. Totally, I love that. In in fact, it was it was one of the lockout seasons. I think Dex. It was in the nineties. Oh, okay. where I think they played a forty four. I want to say well, they played the, a forty four
1: game season. The the twelve thirteen one was was forty. Okay. I think it was 41.
0: But I loved it because opening night meant something. Correct. Like every game was a play, was, was a race to the playoffs. Correct. So anyway, but it's just it's hilarious. So, it's so funny that because, you know, both of us have been hard on the league and Batman before. So we backed so far off to be like, okay, we're going to have to it, it's like if Kirk plays a terrible game against the Jaguars on Sunday. Because we spent the whole week being like, you led the team back, Kirk. Right. This was fantastic. And, and then You kick yourself and you're like, okay. so I gave Gary Bettman and the league all of this credit and they're going to bungle this thing. So anyway,
1: it's it's hilarious. It's I I think uh, best. I mean, Judd, you think probably is is even Feb 1? Is that do you think that's even possible? Chances of a Feb 1 start? Yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's possible
0: now because realistically, after they played the season that they did that ended, um, what's training camp have to be? couple weeks, three weeks, three, three weeks. weeks, probably like play an exhibition so that, game or two. So
1: that means if everyone can get to the end, I actually, I believe Russo had the, I mean, the majority of the wild players are back in Minnesota. Okay. Not, not all of them, but I believe the majority more than Fiala two back? thirds. I believe Fiala is back. He's all I care about. So yeah, exactly. And as long as Fiala's is back, I'm fine. If, if most of the guys are back. So that means the quarantine has already started. So that's huge. I, I think actually the biggest hiccup is probably the Canada guys. Like Felino's still in Canada like if Felino oh, leaves you know Yeah and you're, you you know That's the issue. Well and the, the I I believe Felino's in Canada. Well I think
0: Felino but Pretty okay. Certain. But what's our quarantine here? Cuz if Felino leaves Canada and comes here I think he just have to quarantine for exit I guess I think,
1: think the, bigger I think the problem quarantine is, now in America is I think it's 7. I think it's okay. 7 or 10. It's no longer the 14 like it used to. In I believe Canada, it varies in states It's still federally. 14 in
0: Canada, right?
1: Yes. Cuz so
0: the bigger problem would be guys leaving the states to go to Canada to play. Yeah. But then we're supposed to supposedly unless things change, get the all-Canadian division. So once they're in Canada, they got to quarantine for 14 days, and then they're <laughs> going to play in Canada, and the Canadian teams as of right now won't leave Canada. Right. Uh, so Because we'll get the Canadian division, and then we'll get the Wild being in oh, the West or whatever. I mean, I just want the season to start at some point. I'm fine for now. Me too. But if these idiots, if they actually go into what amounts to a lockout, and it's not a wildcat strike, because it's not on the players, because you can't work out a CBA and then be like, but we need more kickbacks, and then say, oh, you are striking because yeah. you won't give us more kickbacks was, on an agreement that we had in July. doesn't was, work that what, what, way. What
1: was the point of the original renegotiate the CBA then. Like if if they just didn't even renegotiate or something I, then yeah, I don't know. We could go on for hours Let's let's not go there.
0: Anyway, go for hockey is fun, it's yes. exciting and I will say this, if they're good I'll watch a lot. Yeah. At this point in time, Same, I will watch I, I watched A-Lot. the last
1: two series. I, I was I was impressed. All right,
0: Judd's hockey show. Um we'll probably be back with uh at the very least, what reckless speculation next yeah, week? I, I th- I've you got, got, got a little
1: speculation. I have an idea for you. Yep.
0: All right, we will talk to you later. Thanks to Jess Myers of the Rink Live for joining us. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet.